to The Happiness Playbook, a podcast dedicated to the belief that life is a team sport. I'm your host, Laurie Florence, and I'll be hosting for the next three weeks. This is week two of our Play Theory Bootcamp, where we're up in our happy game by focusing on the four Play Theory principles one week at a time. Thanks for joining us. Here at the Happiness Playbook, we practice the skill of being happy. I want to throw out a disclaimer, though. As someone who's battled chronic depression for years, I get it. Mental health is multifaceted, and while our choices can and do make a difference, there can also be additional challenges, such as chemical imbalances in the body that create a physical depression that can be completely separate from our conscious thoughts. This is not the feeling of discouragement or being upset about a life event or disappointment. I was only able to resolve my chronic depression after I was diagnosed with a gluten allergy and totally changed my diet. Yeah, it was tough, but worth it. It took time and a lot of work to repair the gut imbalances in my microbiome. Who even knew we have a microbiome? The skills we practice here on the Happiness Playbook helped me get through that challenging time and helped me be open to finding the answers I needed to heal. So if you're struggling with really big emotional issues, Please know that we aren't saying that the four play theory principles are a magic pill that will instantly solve all your problems. Instead, think of them as a set of tools or skills that you can use to build up your emotional baseline and increase your peace of mind as you continue to collaborate with your support network, including family, professionals, and friends. These principles can help in whatever journey you're on. Before we get into our practice, it's time for our team huddle. Last week, I begged for ratings and reviews. Well, I didn't see any new reviews or ratings on iTunes. Hmm, I'm trying to not take it personally. And remember that even if there's only one person that's served by my effort, it's worth it. And how do I know it's worth it? Listen to what Caroline Hilton has to say about play theory and its effect in her life. The world teaches us to only focus and worry about ourselves. I love that play theory teaches differently than that, that if we reach out to others and make them feel important, we'll find joy and purpose in our lives. So I've tried to apply this principle and all of the other principles into my life when I can. Um, These principles include looking outward, which I've applied in my life by, you know, focusing on and being interested in others while talking to them. Avoiding gossip also helps. Being present and staying in the moment is a really important play theory principle as well. And I try to follow that by not texting around others and simply listening to those that are that I'm around. And the principle let go and play brings fun and joy into, into my life and the lives of others. Accepting and, and building has helped me to build on other people's ideas and to create synergy. So I've incorporated these four principles into my life by being aware of the needs of others and acting upon them. Play theory has truly changed my life and has made me look at life in a, in a different light. Did you notice what you said at the end about seeing life differently? Did that remind you of what we covered in last week's episode? That's right. We learned about paradigms and how we each experience the world based on how we see the world. Play theory changed how Caroline sees her world, and it can do the same for you. All right, it's time to get on with our play by play. This week, we're drilling Be Present. Some of you may recall that I am a pickleball enthusiast. 
As much as I love a good match, I also really love to practice. I'm a sucker for a good pickleball drill because being able to focus on one thing at a time exponentially sharpens my skills and improves my game. Taking the time to learn and practice a skill always pays big dividends when I apply it in the real time of a match. It's the same with the play theory principles. We'll learn and practice them here, but if you really want to get the benefits, you'll want to apply them in your game of life. This week, we're focusing on the ability to be present. Mindfulness is another way to describe this principle. It's the skill of attending to the moment, listening, and being aware. We can experience it when we consciously breathe in and out. 99.999 something of our lives, we're not focused on breathing, and it just happens. Only when we turn our focus to our breath can we control it. In our lives, like with breathing, we're always taking in information and experiencing our surroundings. Only when we're aware of our attention can we have influence on our focus. For example, let's say you're feeling anxious. Maybe there's a worldwide pandemic. Uh, There's maybe breakthrough cases even after being vaccinated. Let's say, hypothetically, there's a terrorist group threatening death to your nation. Or something even smaller, like sometimes when you eat something, you get that little zing in a tooth in your mouth. In all these scenarios, we're feeling anxious about a future possible outcome. In the case of the pandemic, we may be worried about getting sick or making someone else sick or losing someone else to the illness. Did you know the reason we call terrorists terrorists is because they use terror as a weapon to attack our well-being? Without lifting a finger, someone who threatens future violence can cause severe suffering because of our fear of its possibly happening. Because I didn't have good dental hygiene as a child, I have had a lot of dental work over the years and some pretty negative experiences associated with the dental work. As a young adult, as soon as I noticed that tiny stab of shock like discomfort, I would start to feel an unease that grew into a foreboding that robbed me of sleep in the days before the dental appointment. By the time I was sitting in the dentist chair, I would be physically ill. My breath would be shallow, my hands and feet cold and clammy, my lips pursed so tightly that I would sometimes bite down on the dentist's fingers once he'd managed to get started on the work needed. Nothing too hard. I would just have to consciously override my subconscious desire to stop all the unpleasantness I had been dreading for so many days. Nowadays, it's much better. I get regular cleanings and I haven't had a cavity in decades. There's still occasional upkeep though on all the previous repairs to my teeth. Help in the struggle came from another person's words as is so often the case. This phrase attributed to Mark Twain resonates powerfully for me. I have experienced some terrible things in this life, some of which actually happened. When I honestly evaluated all of the terrible things I had experienced with my dental challenges, I realized the majority of it was all in my mind. The suffering days and even weeks before the appointment, worrying about the possible discomfort of the actual procedure, then once in the chair, obsessing about the imminent unpleasant sensation of, quote, pressure, unquote, lasted far longer than the few seconds of the actual shot or drilling. Learning how to be present and not projecting myself into the anxiety of the future has saved me a lot of stress and discomfort. 
Looking the other direction and being present and not dwelling on the past has helped me enjoy my current life more and helped me avoid unproductive rumination over past events. Roy Bennett said, If you want to be happy, don't dwell on the past. Don't worry about the future. Focus on living fully in the present. I also love this quote from Kung Fu Panda. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. And that is why they call it, drumroll, the present. I like to think about how when we give someone our attention, it's a gift. And that's also another reason why I think we call it the present. Have you ever thought giving the gift of being present where you are with whoever you're with? In our world of social media, texting, Snapchats, TikToks, and whatever other media is available at the touch of a screen 24 hours a day, we can be sucked into a timeless vortex, and before you know it, hours have been lost to mindless scrolling. Now, it's more important than ever to develop our mental capacity to be aware of what we are choosing to focus on. Some popular life coaches like Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School and Jody Moore, the host of the popular Better Than Happy podcast, teach us that our actions are a result of our choices. And our choices are based on our emotions that come after we have a thought about something that is happening in our lives. This event or circumstance is actually neutral. That's a lot to break down if you're new to life coaching. I highly recommend Better Than Happy and the Life School podcasts for more in-depth discussions of this type of model. Here's an example. In life, there are circumstances. These are facts that everyone can agree on. For example, last week, I asked everyone who listens to write a review and rate this podcast. We have thoughts about circumstances. Thoughts are not facts and vary from individual to individual. My thoughts about the fact that no one wrote a review or rating on the podcast after I asked them to could range from one, everyone who listened didn't like it so they didn't want to rate it. Boo. Two, maybe some people did write a review and Apple software hasn't posted it yet. Three, maybe the people who listen to the podcast are busy, forgetful, or just not interested in writing a review, but that doesn't mean they don't enjoy it. Four, since no one wrote a review or left a rating after my pleas last week, it must be a big deal to do that. Writing reviews must be a challenge. Five, rather than feeling disappointed, I could use this as an opportunity to practice play theory. So depending on what my thoughts were, I will have feelings about them. The first scenario, if my thought was everyone who listened didn't like it, so they didn't want to rate it, then I may feel worthless and discouraged, become a bit of an Eeyore. The second scenario, if my thought was, oh, maybe some people did write a review and Apple software hasn't posted it, then I may feel curious and hopeful or deluded, but you know. Number three, if my thought was people who listen can enjoy the podcast and be busy, forgetful, or just not interested in writing a review, then I could feel more patient and sympathetic towards all of you listeners because let's face it, I listen to a lot of podcasts that I don't rate or review. Although I'm going to say ranking it, giving it that five star is pretty darn easy. Number four, 
If my thought was, since no one wrote a review or left a rating after all of my heartfelt pleas, then it must be too hard to do that or a big deal, then that might make me feel greater gratitude for the 72 folks who have already rated the podcast and the 34 generous souls who took the time to write a review earlier. Lastly, if my thought was, I can use this to practice my playthrough ninja skills, then I can celebrate having an opportunity to practice and improve my ability to deal with setbacks or discouragement that are going to happen. Let's get real. Hopefully these examples help show how all these feelings will lead us to take action or make a choice about our behavior. If I chose to think that the podcast was worthless and no one liked it, I'd stop doing it. If I chose to think that you're all listening are busy, well-meaning people doing the best you can to support many good causes, then I'll continue to try to share the good news of play theory. If I choose the last thought, a feeling gratitude for all of those who have taken the time to give positive feedback, I'll be more motivated than ever to do the same for others and work even harder to provide content that helps people experience their highest good in life. To review, there's a circumstance. It's neutral. We have a thought about it which then causes us to feel something. This motivates our choice of action, which leads to the result we experience. That is the superpower of awareness and observation that comes as we are present. I think most people are not aware that they are making a choice about their thoughts, and therefore they can feel like they're a victim of whatever circumstance that happens to them. Last week, I promised we'd talk about the superpower of gratitude through observation. Over the week, as I've been checking to see if any new reviews have come in, I was focused only on the future possibility of new reviews. And I forgot to be grateful for the wonderful 34 folks who did take the time earlier to share kind words of appreciation about the podcast. Taking a pause and being present with my thoughts helped me to see where I did have a choice to choose happiness instead of disappointment. Here's a really important idea. Gratitude is only available to us when we're being present. Without awareness, we don't recognize our blessings. In hindsight, I recognize that there were times I wasn't grateful because I wasn't aware that someone was serving me or that something I had was a privilege others didn't have. I can only notice these things when I'm present and aware of what I'm currently experiencing. Taking something for granted is not seeing it because we aren't being present. So let's practice being present. I'm going to keep talking and you're going to join in. If you're somewhere public, you can just follow along in your mind. Otherwise, I want you to try to say out loud the words I am saying in real time at the exact same time as I am saying them. I'll speak a little more slowly, which will help. Now, everyone should be speaking all together at the same time. When you're listening and focusing on my voice and trying to anticipate everything I might say, it's hard to think about other things when you are this focused on polywog turbine, snooks, scuba, parasols. Okay, was it harder to stay with me when things got less predictable? After this bump, were you able to still follow along or did you get lost by that curveball? 
that's the difference between being 100% present and only giving partial attention. Have you ever heard a speaker or teacher speak quietly, almost in a whisper, which seems counterintuitive if they're talking to a large group? By making it harder to hear, they're inviting their audience to be more present. Sometimes when we listen to other people, we are way out ahead of the moment predicting what they'll say, or worse yet, planning what we'll say. This is not a great way to listen. Listening is a powerful way to really connect and build relationships. It's what separates the acting greats from the flash in the pan pretty faces. So let's do another listening drill. I'm going to say something and you'll repeat it. Simple, right? Let's try it. Today is a good day. Scratch that. Today is a great day. Okay, now I'll say something and instead of repeating it, you're going to use a skill called reflective listening. You'll repeat what I said, except you'll acknowledge it was what I said. Here's an example. If I said, today's been hard, you'd say something like this. Today's been hard for you, or you've had a hard day. Okay, let's try it. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm worried about the pandemic. I'm not sure what to do about my dog chewing on my shoes. Okay, that's good. Let's talk about it now. Was it hard to limit your response? to just what I said and not add your own thoughts about it. Reflective listening can feel artificial as you repeat the words back, but if done sincerely, it's usually well received because the person you're talking with feels heard. And remember, when we are present with another person, it's a present or a gift. Another way to be present in a conversation and stop yourself from rushing ahead to what you're planning to say is waiting two seconds before replying. This can really make someone feel heard. It also gives you time to consider what to say after you've listened instead of thinking about that while you're trying to listen, which once again isn't being present and feels invalidating to the other person who's talking. And trust me, they know when you're doing it. Another great example of how being present can serve us is with self-awareness of our own needs. Sometimes we can be so inundated with thoughts and feelings we have a hard time identifying what the actual circumstance is that started it all. For example, I've had emotional eating issues. My gluten diagnosis really made me more aware of these issues and how I use food as a reward or for pleasure and comfort. Initially, my new diet was so restrictive. Food was reduced to merely being fuel. Because I was so hypervigilant about what I was eating and avoiding all gluten, it made me more aware of why I was eating. I noticed there were times when I reached for a snack and then two bites in, I'd realize I wasn't really hungry. I was actually thirsty. As my awareness grew, I would recognize that what I really wanted sometimes was a comfortable feeling, which I could get from a warm bath, a good show, or an uplifting conversation instead of my former go-to of freshly baked cookies or cookie dough ice cream. I believe 
much of our world's struggles come from not recognizing our real needs because we aren't aware that we're reacting to an emotion that was caused by a thought that we aren't even aware of. Imagine how empowered we could be if we collectively became present enough to recognize that we have the power to choose our thoughts and thus our feelings. That's why being present is so powerful. It's where we find relief from the fear we feel when we're focused on the future and relief from the regrets of the past where we have zero chance of taking action. We can learn from the past and plan for the future, but we can only take action in the present. So be there and show up in this moment. In spite of the seemingly constant myriad of loud noises and glitzy distractions pulling us into someone else's idea of what we should be thinking about, we need to show up in our lives. For our play of the week, I'll leave you with a game changer you can pull out at any time, anywhere to get you back to the present. I'll call this one, be aware of your presence in the present. When you're feeling anxious or feeling regret about a loss, set aside a few minutes and think about what you have to be thankful for. Maybe the only thing you can think of is that you're alive. Keep going from there. You're grateful you're alive and you're not in extreme pain. At least I hope not for your sake. And bless those that are experiencing that kind of suffering. Maybe you're grateful you're alive and not in severe pain and you have a great cat. I recently lost the best cat in the world. And man, am I more grateful now for the 18 years I had with Steve the cat than I was while he was with me. Anyway, I digress. But you get the idea. Try setting a goal of how many things you can think of that you're grateful for. Can you name 20 things? Can you name 20 things in 60 seconds? Your workout this week is to consider the importance of being present and look for examples of this principle in your life and in others you interact with. Some food for thought. Are you aware of what holds your focus? How does what you focus on affect your choices? Have you ever been so busy watching out for what's just ahead of you that you don't take time to enjoy where you are? That's a big tip off that you're not being present. The good news is that being aware that you're not being present brings you back to the present. So keep practicing the skill. Pretty soon, you'll have a be present six pack. If you wanna go the extra smile, whenever you notice anxiety, fear, despair, and regret creeping in, counter it with three gratitude statements. This is a superpower play sure to earn extra points on the scoreboard of your life. Join in the conversation on our Play Theory Facebook group and direct message or comment on the Happiness Playbook Instagram account. And while you're there, be sure to follow us to receive encouragement for your Play Theory practice. Next week, we'll be learning about Be Present's twin principle and explaining how you can't have one without the other. Till then, Remember, life is a team sport, so come play with us at the Play Theory Boot Camp. And if you have roommates, sign up for the Play Theory for Roommates workshop at playtheory.org. And if you want to share some love and rate us on iTunes or share a review, I'd love it. But if not, I totally understand. I get it. Catch you next time. <laughs>